0: Everyone and welcome back to the Ten Ten Project Podcast. My name is Tyler Reagan. I'm your host today. Hadn't been on a little bit. Uh, my co-founder Josh Turner has been holding down the fort, and um, he's got some other great. We've got some great episodes coming up. But a couple of things to let you know about before we get to our uh, our interview today with someone who's been with us from the beginning. Actually, he was the third phone call uh, we made when we got this thing up and running, and uh, he's been one of our, He was one of our original. Group leaders, but we'll get to that in a second. Hey, we are kicking off in a few weeks uh, this year's new cohorts and groups. We've got four new groups, two trips that'll kick off here in just a few weeks snowmobiling in Jackson Hole. But we have some other trips that are getting lined up for June, uh, June and some stuff this fall. So if you're interested, you can just go to 1010project.com, the number 10, the word 10 project.com and connect with us. So uh, without further ado, this is going to be an awesome interview time with a longtime friend, Carlos Whitaker. I've known him for a long time. He has been a part of 1010 from the beginning, and we're excited to have Carlos on the podcast.
1: in the house i'm on the (laughs) tent i want to know who i'm i know it was the third phone call i'm like well dang it who were the first two phone calls josh okay well that that makes sense and
0: miles adcox
1: uh that makes sense okay well sweet i definitely that definitely makes me feel like number one outside the circle
0: yeah well those were two that i was going these are the people that are going to do it with me in terms of build the thing and then but i i knew i needed our people in to help lead our people. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah,
1: that's good, man. No, I'm, I'm, uh, it, I, I mean, I still talk about it. Like I, I still talk about those, uh, the trips we took and just the the relationships that I made, you know, that first time when I walked into that lodge, um, I, I think I don't know if my flight was delayed or like, I was one of the last ones to show up in, Yeah. in, uh, Wyoming. Um, was it Wyoming?
0: Yeah. Jackson Hole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and and you know and you, you kind of gave me some the names of the people that were going to be in my group and i just remember thinking like i don't know who mm-hmm. any of these people are and now like and i remember thinking like oh man this is good you know maybe may be awkward and now the, these guys like I, I talk to them every single week every yeah. and it well i mean what's been two years now so yeah. yeah i mean it's just you're doing something important so
0: yeah well thanks for being a part and 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 uh I mean, some of us think you're doing stuff important. Some of us don't. But I'll, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I am uh, crazy proud, dude. You've had the first full week of How to Human out, and yeah. um, just quickly because we're going to dive into a bunch of other stuff. But how's yeah. that been, man? Tell us a little bit about that project and and where it's come from for you.
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's my, I guess my my fourth kind of adult nonfiction. Um, book, and um, you know there there was a there's a lot of expectations on this one. You know, I'll, I'll yeah. just kind of speak from the the author side for a second. You know, I've I've had a a, a pretty large, uh, pretty rapid growth in my platform the last two years, and so yeah, I I, I was like, well, I wonder how these my followers or the people that listen to what I have to say are going to react to the book, and you know, so there was a lot of pressure I was placing on myself and. You know, i I couldn't be I couldn't be happier. You know, the book the book is it's doing amazing. It's continuing, uh, it's doing everything I wanted it to do. The book's yeah. called How, How to Human: uh, Three Ways to Share Life Beyond What Distracts, Divides, and Disconnects Us. And I just feel like the book came out at the right time. Like it's like you know, if there's ever been a time where people are pointing fingers and right. calling each other the enemy, and Christians are just being mean, meaner than they've ever been, and I'm like wait a second like this isn't how we're supposed to do it. So, you know, in the in the book, I you know, it is uh I mean listen, listen to your 1010 10 listeners. There's 10,000 podcasts that you can go listen to me talk about the the depths of the book. But but let me give you the, you know, really the heartbeat is um I wrote it with a very wide uh, wide net. So I, I wrote it I wrote it so that um a non-Christian, an atheist, a Buddhist, a Muslim, a, or Christian could all learn how to do this human thing. Well, and I use Jesus as our guide. Um, now, you know, I believe Jesus is the resurrected son of God, right? Blood of the cross, power of the resurrection. Um, but not everybody that follows me does. So I wanted, I wanted everyone to have access to it. So yeah, look, I was nervous. Cause I was like, man, like I'm, I'm writing this in a way, like my other books were straight up, like, you know, may as well speak in tongues, like teach people how to oh. do that. Right. Like they were super, you know, faith heavy. And this one was a little different. And so I was worried that people mm-hmm. we were going to like revolt, that my readers were going to be like, oh, like, you, you know, you're watering it down or you've lost the fire. And it's just been the opposite. People are like, oh, my gosh, I can give this to my cousin. I can give this to my brother. I can, you know, and you're talking about Jesus the whole time, but I'm talking about the humanity of Jesus, not necessarily the divinity of Jesus. And so, man, it's just been so good. Like it was it was what I felt like Holy Spirit was telling me to write. I wrote it. The very first book review I got was from uh, a a professional publication that will remain nameless, and I'll never forget the very first thing I got. It was probably a month ago. It said that the Carlos tries to tackle too much in this overstuffed. I can't remember what the what. (laughs) what, I just remember I got like two and a half out of five stars, and that was a month before it came out. And I was like, "That's a good start." (laughs) I I was like gutted. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this is going to be the worst thing of my life, and. Bro, it's just been the opposite. I'm just uh I'm so happy. I'm just so happy.
0: I love it. I I never forget I had one book review. I think it was for the second book that said this book is too simple, which literally in the first chapter I wrote, "Hey, this book is going to be too simple for some ah. of you." Awesome. <laughs> so you go, "All right. Uh, there there's a badge of honor." Yeah, uh, I Told you so. Yeah, I was curious, Carlos, cuz you and I both live in the church but outside the church a little bit, right? And and I think that's one of the reasons um That God wanted you to lead one of our groups because you knew what it takes to pastor, but you also are outside of it enough to be able to give some perspective and love on those pastors. I want to know for you and Heather, your wife, as you guys have stayed connected faith space, but yet not quote unquote in ministry, if you will, or serving vocationally in the local church, right? Yeah. How has the church played an incredibly important part in your day-to-day operations? Does that Almost make sense? Yeah. Like, talk about yeah. that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, here, here I sit, you know, the last, uh, last, the last two years of my life, my, it's really transitioned out to where I'm not speaking to churches anymore. Like, I mean, I am, but not near as much as I'm speaking to companies and, um, nonprofits. And so suddenly I don't find myself every Sunday um, preaching at a church and like singing worship songs and doing all the things that kept me grounded as I you know was traveling and doing things and now I'm I'm like I'm out in the world man and if it wasn't for the belonging co if it wasn't for my pastors Alex and Henry and the the work that they do to uh, two things I think it's important I think number one as pastors they really encourage uh, people to not work in the church like it's so weird like like, like they they really encourage Because a lot of people, you know, that do ministry for a church and volunteer, they want to be on staff. They want to, you know, join the staff. They really want to work in a church. And she's just like, they're always like, do you know how many people are not going to come into our church building? Do you know how many people, like, like we need you to, yes, work for the church, but go do that in your profession. Go out and do it. And so, A, I feel um, encouraged to be doing what I'm doing. I feel like I'm called and I feel like I'm, um, they're supporting that in me. Uh, and then, and then number two, you know, like, like I, the def- I, I run camera five. I tell people all the time, like I, I volunteer at, at, at my church. I speak to thousands and thousands of people on stages, you know, uh, weekly. And when I come home, I just want to, I just want to serve. And so it's just a place of belonging. It's a place of serving for me. It's a place that my family, um, is, uh, is really growing in what it looks like to, um, to have relationship with Holy spirit outside the walls of our church. And, and we're, we're being taught to do that. And so, you know, I, I think it, I would say that it's just a little different in than any other church I've been a part of. And this is where maybe the, I can step on some pastor's toes um, that, that may be listening to the podcast and it's like, like really um, like, like Sunday, man, that, that's great. Like Sunday service, like all the things that happen on Sunday, fantastic. But like if you're not if you're not preparing your 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 people that that are in the workforce that are outside of the church to like really go out and do the thing you know you know however many hours a week that they're they're outside of the church for every single hour except for one like that needs to be the goal that the goal needs to be to to edify and encourage them there and so I just feel like my church is is doing that well I think that's something that more churches need to really focus on and um. Yeah, yeah man. So it's just been it's vital. My church has been vital in the development of my family and my yeah. kids' faith, My wife, me, it's uh, it's it's literally the most important community that we have.
0: Yeah, I love that and yeah, you and I you know I've talked about this a million times too. Like we uh, almost everybody that's got an MDiv from seminary, the entire program was built for your Sunday morning message. Yeah. And yet Monday through Friday your message loses a lot of power. If yeah. you're not leading in a way, if you're not carrying that message throughout, that and it's no different for those who go into the into a dental hygienist or yeah, like, yeah. like it's it's massively important. And um, there's one thing uh, I was with a friend. We're we're talking about we're working on some stuff around what's the what are like marks of a disciple. And one of the things we talked about was being led by the Spirit. Over the last, the belonging code has been huge for you in that. Like you've you've the Holy Spirit's become a very close companion of yours as you try to walk through and navigate some of these spaces that aren't faith-filled and you're speaking of these businesses just practically speaking what does that look like for you how are are you trying to be led by the spirit in your day-to-day walk
1: yeah you know i um i have to i had to to be honest with you kind of deconstruct everything i believed about the holy spirit um and put it back together again when I got to this church. Cause I'm like, what? Like, you know, I've been in pretty, pretty <laughs> conservative churches and conservative, not necessarily politically. Well, no, they were, but, um, conservative as, you know, just, it was like, like God, God, the father, Jesus, the son in the Baptist hymnal. Like, like that right. was kind of like the Trinity and coming in at the belonging. Like I was, I was like, do I really believe this? First of all, like, right. do I really believe I had to get to this place of like, this is some crazy stuff. If I really, I'm going to start <laughs> Talking and asking questions and expecting to hear things like, um, and not just kind of be led by my heart, but like really like dig into hearing. So yes, um, that took some work to get to, uh, when I first started going there, but then man, when, when I got there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, it, sh- it changed and shifted everything. And so, you know, for me, practically speaking, it's every single morning I I, I do, I do my same thing. It's like, it's like my, it's just my coffee with Holy spirit in the morning. Like I, I wake up in the morning. I play uh this is how I fight my battles by upper room worship.
0: The, the, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say this is how we do it by Montel. That's hundred percent
1: what I'm yeah, I play this is how we do it. Um <laughs> and uh and I, I do that for like eight minutes. And during that time, I, I do my praise and thanksgiving. I, I praise God for who he is and I thank God for what he's done. And I have my little praise and thanksgiving journal. I read it down. I, I'm in and then I, I open the word and I ask, Holy Spirit, where where would you have me read? And that's always the first question I ask Holy Spirit every day is. What would you have me read today? And I've found that when I ask simple questions like that, and then I get a prompting and I and I read it and it's like, whoa, wow. Like that was that was amazing. That was just for me. It's not like that every day, but when it is, right. Um, then then at 9 a.m. when I'm in a meeting, it's just a lot easier to ask Holy Spirit, okay, okay, I need to not respond that way. Holy Spirit, how what would you like me to? So, like all and then all day long, it just is. It's just, it just has become um, my my guiding my guiding point every single day and so yes um it starts with very practical tactical um hands on the handlebar uh, morning ritual uh yeah. and then throughout the day it kind of gets crazier and crazier and you know it it's been the most fun I've I've had as a Christian um yeah. asking specific questions and getting specific answers it's been it's been awesome
0: so I want to uh tie this into kind of a longer question but um you've you've lived uh your kids have even grown up in somewhat of a public um place right uh, i mean all the way back to Losia being upset about being a, not being a single lady yep. and y'all winning a, a kid was it a kid's choice award for people's that um, it's, it's, people's choice <laughs> yeah <laughs> um to you know your daughters are in paris right now and and they are thriving in their their worlds and Losia like they I know your kids because I know your kids, but I know them even more because I pay attention to what's happening in their lives through the way you post about that. Yeah, uh, a lot of pastors live in a public space yep. and really struggle with the feedback, good and bad, with the perspectives, good and bad. How how have you guys navigated that? Because I think that's a really helpful thing for uh, pastors to understand that there there's going to be positive, negative. You just it's part of the part of the world, right? How have you navigated that Carlos, where the, the anchors and the tentacles of those things are not getting deep, deep, deep in your soul. Like that book, you know, the book uh, review, those kind of things. Talk about that for a second.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think with raising kids and people kind of looking in your glass house, um, you, you know, you, you do have to have an extra layer of protection over your heart that maybe, maybe other people don't, don't have to have, you know, uh, i'm i'm at the age now where a lot of my friends who have kids um we we all have teenagers and suddenly the the cute little oh yeah you know like like look at my cute kid and and their bible verse and the song that they're singing and it's like oh wait no now they're actually making choices that are opposite from the choices i would have them make and suddenly people what are people going to think i'm a bad dad because like my my, my daughter is deciding to, um, at 19 years old, post, uh, di- you know, th- this drink that she's having in Paris every single night and this drink that she's, ha- you know, and so like, like we can start thinking, we can start overthinking these things. And uh, I, I guess I, I would just say that like, um, first of all, like your, your kids um, are not a, they're they're not a representation of who you are. First of all, you have to remember that. Like, like they're not they're their own human beings. Like, Lord have mercy. Like, if my poor dad, like, if I was a representation of who my dad was, then let me tell you, that's not the truth. I can tell you that now, in my late late forties. That no, like, my dad, I'd wake up in the morning, he's on his knees praying for me, like in just conversation with God over me and my heart. And here I was a knucklehead, and I, you know, all these things. And so, like, understand. First of all, I think we've got to like detach our identity from the choices that our kids make. Um, And, and, and that's harder for some people to do than others, for sure. But to actually like encourage your kids to think on their own, encourage your kids to, you know, to, to maybe have some differences of opinions than you do and which, which that's another hard thing to do. But I just think the more we can encourage that and the more we can encourage our own churches, uh, the people that we're leading to, no, take what I say and then take it apart. Go home and figure it out. Don't just take what I say for face value. So I think that's one thing that's kind of helped me in that. But, you know, I, I think also, um, you know, getting to the place of, you know, again, my identity not being rooted in what other people think. Um, and that is hard. You that's know, that's so it, hard. The book reviews come in, the emails come into your, you know, your email after a sermon. The, you know, I just preached a, a message, um, this how to human message at my a friend Ty's church in New Mexico last night, two nights ago, two nights ago. And um, it's funny because the message, how to human, um, you know, I'm talking about some charged topics in there. Like I'm, I'm talking about, you know, what me and my identity as a black man and, and the church and hurts that I've had and like just some, some things that, that are a little touchier. And I've talked about those things the last few years on my socials, but it's funny because when Ty was introducing me, like it was like a packed house on Wednesday night, and he gets up there. Th- this is like very a, a very 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 conservative church. Yeah. They're they're they, they are they're they're ranchers, and they you yeah know, they, they they don't talk about the things I'm talking about a lot. <laughs> he gets up there, man, and he's like um, he's like uh, listen, I, I just need every one of you to know that I I love Carlos, and we don't agree on everything but I've invited him on stage because I feel like it's important for you to learn from him, not just to deal with him, but actually like yeah. hear God through him. And dude, I was like, it was like one of the most powerful things to hear, to see him defend me before I even needed defending. Um, as I, and then of course I get on stage and I do, I do what Holy spirit asked me to do. And it's amazing, right? Like, it's like there there's, you know, I, it's, it's just been amazing to speak this message in front of people that may not a, agree with a lot of things that I say and to watch their hearts soften, um, but I I say all that because um Ty I was a great example of what you're saying like like Ty took a risk and he was he he probably got a, he did he told me right he's he's like there, <laughs> there were people that weren't jiving with what you had to say but 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 he because I think he was strong in his stance on believing um who I was um yeah. it it just you know it, it there was some authority that rose inside of him a little bit more when I saw that even to me. And so, you know, I just think that we've got to, you know, we can't be moved by the wind, man. Especially if you're leading people, like you've got to know what you believe. You got to know who your family is. And even if your kids are knuckleheads, you got to defend them in front of them, right. lo- love them with everything like viciously and uh, ferocious love, man. And um, it's hard, but I, it's just, it's just, it's really important.
0: It is important. There. There's a phrase, I didn't write it down, so I apologize if I mess it up. Uh, it's it's one of your kind of mantras that you say. One of my, one my bumper stickers? One, one of your bumper stickers. It's um, uh, don't stand on issues, stand with people. Am I saying that right? O-
1: almost. I don't stand on issues, I walk with people.
0: Walk with people, that's it. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I think we as believers have lost the art of civil discourse. We've lost the art of being able to love and disagree at the same time. I mean, yeah. in the worlds we've lived in, I've had people that we are friends with who will get ripped for some agree some statement some belief some whatever that i don't agree with yeah and i've really i've literally had people go are you still friends with them and i'm like yes <laughs> yeah because they're still my friends like weird yeah. like you know but what's crazy about that carlos is like outside of the christian circle yeah people like uh, all my golf buddies that i've done 23 years of life with that aren't in you know that circle necessarily yeah, they don't wrestle with that. Like right. they can they can literally yell at each other about a political stance and have a beer later. Like yeah. there's not a yeah. we just have created this thing that says, Well, if I don't agree with you, we cannot do life together. And you're like, yeah. that just feels know. a little weird. Is that really the sentiment that you're trying that, to get at with that conversation?
1: Yes, you know, don't stand on issues, walk with people. We've we've when people ask me all the time, Carlos, what's your opinion on this issue? they all they're trying to do, where do you stand on this issue? All they're trying to do is to is to make a decision whether or not they're going to listen to me or not. That so that that, right. that that's that's yeah, why. That. Um they're not really curious. They they just want to know, oh, are you with me or are you not? That's why I said that I, I learned that from um a pastor, Mike Ashcroft taught yeah. me that's that's that state, don't stand on issues, walk with people. And so for me, that that you know, put that's easy to say, that's a nice t-shirt to wear, but that's hard to do. Like, it really is. Like, I understand, like, walking with somebody that doesn't look like you, think like you, vote like you, love like you, right. all the things like you, um, is is something that you are going to have to be in constant communion with Holy Spirit in order to pull that off correctly. And, um, and yeah, the church has lost it, man. The church has gotten us versus the world. Um, they're the enemy. And I, I just keep reminding the church that as you're pointing fingers at people that, that you vehemently disagree politically with and you're calling them the enemy can i let you can i remind you of something those human beings are sons and daughters of god right. who are loved by god they are not the enemy and just you know just trying to like that's step 1 to realize that there is an enemy and they aren't it now they yeah. they may they may be listening to the enemy they may be but they're not it and so walk with people walk with people you know i i i and i'll do this in 30 seconds or less but in acts 8 there's a, a story of Philip, uh, a follower of Jesus, and an Ethiopian eunuch. And I, I share the story every time I teach on how to human in a Christian context, that Philip was was prompted by God. It said an angel spoke to him and told him to go to the road. And so he goes to the road towards Gaza. And when he's there, it said the spirit tells him once he sees the Ethiopian eunuch to go up to the Ethiopian's chariot. Uh, and again, this Ethiopian, I remind people, was a black man that didn't look like Philip, was a eunuch, which means he was castrated which means that he was like a sexual deviant. so And he was filthy rich because he's riding in this chariot and he worked for the queen, right? So three things that Philip was not, but he was called by the spirit to go up to this chariot that wasn't a chariot, any sort of chariot that Philip would ever be around. And then it's it's said that he had to get in the chariot. And Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to remind people is once he got in the chariot, you know what happened? I mean, y'all know the end of the story. Like he he led this Ethiopian to the Lord and he baptized him. That never would have happened had he not got in the right. chariot. So what I'm trying to help Christians do is like, stop pointing at the chariots and screaming at the chariots. You're actually called to go up to the chariot and get inside of it with the person writing in it. And yeah. that's hard. I know it's hard, but which is why the book isn't one page. The book is, you know, <laughs> uh, 60,000 words of trying to help us figure out how to do this.
0: Yeah. Dibs on the, on the one pagers. I'm, I'm in yeah. on that. I can write that book all day long. Um, uh, brothers, that makes me it kind of coming back to ten ten as we think about the heartbeat of what we've we've bought into a little bit, which is we're living in some crazy day and age where our mental and emotional health can get sideways fast because of all these compass shakers, all of these, these, these foundational things that can come quickly get us off target. And yeah. next thing we look up as, as ministry leaders and we're, we're not healthy physically. We're not healthy spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Yeah. I, I, I sat with you in Nashville right after you had done on site the first time. I, I still love you telling me that. 10 uh, 10 made you do onsite for a second time and how <laughs> mad you were about
1: it I was so mad and then grateful after but mad right
0: after. but but the truth is like we are living in some unique times yeah where where you doing what you just said with with getting in the chariot for some people they're going to get raked over the coals for that oh. and there's all this stuff so how have you seen your own mental and emotional well-being and how, and just kind of think forward to the pastors we are friends with and serve. Uh, wh- what, are a couple of things you're going, man, if this part isn't part of your rhythm, if it's not part of your whatever, uh, and, and maybe just talk a little bit of why this matters so much to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, literally my rhythm is, you know, um, uh, spoiler alert, like for the next book, like I actually, the whole don't stand on issues, walk with people is actually like, I'm doing an experiment. I did an experiment, you know what it was, but like, yeah where, where I believe that we've got to be intentionally doing that every day in order to, I, it actually helps your mental health. Like pastors need to be friends, like not even just like, like, like acquaintances, but actual friends with people that are very different than they are. That's going to work wonders for your mental health. Now, there's going to be people that that maybe that you lead or that go to your church that aren't going to be down with those relationships. Right. But I just look at the life of Jesus and I just think like, those are the people he was hanging out with, you know, like it it was uh, people that were way different than him and didn't believe in him and all the things. And I just feel like that's half the reason why we're having this mental health crisis is because we're just trying to appease people constantly we're just trying to like you know especially yep. now with the, with the advent of phones and social media it's just like one large um hey look at me and th- and tell me how awesome I'm doing about whatever it is that you think you know and and it's just that that's not good for our mental health and so yeah make make some friends that don't look like you think like you vote like you talk like you love like you do that I think that's going to be very helpful um and then the second thing is you know oh, let gonna... me
0: pause you there for a second Carlos friendship is a is the central theme yeah. of ten ten, Like that was the goal, right? Is we yeah. create some friends that aren't necessarily in your circle, yes. but understand your circle. Like now, can you, before you do, if you need to write down number two, write it down, but like, maybe you'll remember it, but I probably what, already forgot.
1: So this is more important.
0: <laughs> so, uh, but friendship, man, like that, that yeah. has like, yeah. can you just, just give us a, a thought on that? Like yeah. why that matters so much it, and what it, that looks like, you know?
1: Yeah. It matters so much because, um, you need people in your life that, that actually don't care about your sermons. Can I just be honest? Like, mm-hmm. you you need someone in your life that that could care less about. I mean, that's fine. I mean, maybe they appreciate it, but but I I honestly feel like that's why um, Heather and I are such good friends with Alex and Henry because like we see past we mm-hmm. we see past those things. And so for me, like h- here I am, like I'm a you know uh, I I'm I'm definitely don't pastor a church, but I am like shepherding and pastoring and leading lots of people every day on my phone, right? And so. Right. A lot of times, like I'm in, I'm in a space now where everywhere I go, people are just enamored or people are just like, oh my gosh, Carlos, like that was so amazing when you did this, when you did this. Now let me tell you something like when, when, okay. So like, here's a great example of new friends that I just made and why I feel like these are the sort of friends that I'm talking about. Like a, a couple of weeks ago, I, my Insta familia, my followers, what we do, we raise money and we raise money for these Waffle House workers. And, um, So suddenly like I'm inviting them into my life. They all have my phone number. Next thing you know, it's like day four of this relationship with them. And, Stacy, the Waffle House managers, uh, or managers, call me. She's like, "Hey, do you know any police officers were worried about Hope? She lives at this hotel. She's not, you know." And next thing you know, like, bro, I'm like in a car with the manager at Waffle House, searching hotels, <laughs> state <stay-to-state laughs> hotels for Hope. And then we find Hope, and she's just playing Xbox and she's playing hooky from work. And I'm like, Hope, like you really need to, be, need to go to work and call Stacy. And, and I and I just remember thinking to myself, like, what is happening? <laughs> like, 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 how is this? But you know, it's, it's, it was so healthy for me. Man, these people don't have phones to like follow me on Instagram. They don't know, they don't know anything about me, but like, like suddenly I've got these new, this new cool little crew that I'm friends with. And man, it's been like the most fulfilling thing for me. And I just, that's my challenge is like, if you're a pastor and you're listening to this and your, your mental health is struggling and you're, you feel like you're performing all the time, it's time to find some new friends. Now, yeah. not get the old ones, but it's time, it's time to expand your circle. I one of the fallacies that I that I I have realized is broken that I used to hear all the time is you only have enough, um, you can only have right. as many friends as digits on your fingers, right? Like like you how, you got five, five close ones. And I'm like, I used to like live by that, and then I started getting lonely because I was like, Well, I got
0: well, I don't see, see them. He's in California, he's are, yeah, those
1: five are busy, like those five are, you know, and I'm like, no, like I can actually expand this. You know, deeper and and wider, and um, and when I did that, my life just became richer. And so, yeah, man, you know, for your mental health, go make some friends that that don't aren't in, impressed by you.
0: Yeah. yeah, the truth is, extroverts never said that only five, you can only have five that's friends because, like, that, you know, I would say I have multiple best friends, and my wife yeah. cannot for the life of her understand how that's real. And I'm yeah. like, it's true. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's true. Um. All right, so kind of kind of rounding the corner here uh two quick thoughts you are you have a podcast and um it happens to be with a an old college friend of mine um which is hilarious that Annie has just become uh, and I say I say hilarious not in a like comic way just crazy proud of what God's done through Annie and her faithfulness and Yes I'm on the Yeah, so tell us a little bit about the podcast. Is it's just a a, a culmination of all these stories, the things that you're doing?
1: It is. It's called Human Hope, and it's basically, I you know, I tell people like if if you enjoy following me on Instagram and you only get you know, uh, however many minutes a day, this is this is like you know, an hour a week where I kind of get to dive deeper into some of the conversations that I'm having, and honestly, I'm just trying to. Um, sometimes the, the podcast is having difficult conversations in grace-filled ways. Sometimes the podcast is, is more just like testimonies and stories, but it's just an extension of, of my heart. It's, it's something that I get to do and it's, you know, I'm having a blast. I'm on a podcast network with Annie and, um, uh, you know, Annie and I are going on tour this, this, uh, June together, which is just crazy. Um, so man, yeah, I'm having a, I'm having a good time and she's amazing.
0: Yeah, so all that carloswitticker.com is that the best Yeah, Carlos,
1: way to uh, yeah yeah or it? human hope it's it's at it, anywhere you listen okay. to podcasts. Um Whitaker.com. there is a fresh face to Whitaker.com. I just got I that. I saw it
0: for the record. Looking yeah.
1: sharp. Yeah, dude, that thing's that thing's looking good. Um so uh you, you know what what else this is this may may be helpful for your people. Something that I'm doing that I've never done before. I just um and th- this could speak to leaders that are overwhelmed. Um I had to, I had to risk something and I've been a solopreneur forever. Like I am, it's just me, man. I edit my own podcasts, I edit my own videos. Like I just, you know, I don't even have an assistant. I tried that every once in a while. It just doesn't work. Um, But I do
0: actually, her name's Heather and she killed it. No, it's true. No, it's true.
1: (laughs) And and that needs to not be. Um, But I literally just took the biggest risk and uh, I was signed to a management team. So like I now went from like no team to like, somebody that is like over almost like my executive pastor is kind of what I feel this person. And so that's only been five days in the like going now. And already I just, I feel like my, my level has been raised to where like, Oh my gosh, like I can do, I can do you know so much more, but that's a risk that I took. Um, and so we'll, we'll see how, how it plays out. But I suddenly have like a team and I've got people like fighting for me. Um, and so, you know, I, I just, um, I, I just want your leaders to continue to think like, what what's the risk that, I'm, that I am that haven't been able to, that I haven't taken because I'm scared because it yeah. may cost something, um, but do it, you know? And so I'm in the middle of that right now, and um, I'm having a blast.
0: That's a challenge. All right, a couple of lightning questions, and I want to close with one other thought. But uh, what's your favorite book you're listening to or reading right now?
1: Um, It's right
0: here. Oh, where'd it go? Oh, here it is. I just finished
1: it it's called the lonely century. Um, and this thing is uh, how to restore human connection in a world that's pulling us apart. That's great. mind blowing. I heard about it on an NPR podcast. Uh, Norena Hertz is the author, but she dives into how we're the most connected humanity has ever been. And simultaneously people are the loneliest that they've ever been. And so, yeah. um, you know, for pastors, I mean, what a great book because your people are more connected but lonelier than ever. So that's the book. I'm, I've been recommending it nonstop to everybody.
0: Why don't we just, instead of another like questioning, based on that topic, if somebody's listening going, yeah, I'm on the fence about maybe I should do a 1010, maybe a 1010 know, project oh. experience. S- sell them on why that matters and you because
1: opinion. because you are actually lonelier than you think you are if you if if you think oh my gosh like I'm 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 a leader a business leader I'm surrounded by people all the time or I'm a pastor I'm surrounded by people all the time no you what you aren't surrounded by are other people like you that um all are feeling intrinsically the same things that you're feeling and so you know the the whole lonely century piece is like you don't have to have tons and tons of friends. Um, you know, I, I know I talked about filling our, our lives with friends, but having a few that really know you right. um, is, gosh, it, it's so life-giving. And so, yeah, listen, um, this 1010 project, I, I was one of the quote-unquote mentors or whatever. I don't even know what you called me. I got way more out of it than the the guys that I was leading. I, it was so, so good for me, like lifers, like these, these guys yeah. are lifers. And so, you know, um, you may be thinking to yourself, well, no, I got a good crew you know, like I got a good crew. You're going to just trust me. You're going to want to have a crew um, that you have had these like experiential moments with. I mean, you know, you you go on these trips and those are that that's like the fire that molds you together. Right. And so, you know, I've got really close friends that I've never been through the fire with, but going through the fire with some close friends creates a bond that you're definitely in need of that you may not know.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, much love to you, Carlos Whitaker, long time friend, man, I really am like, uh, I'm grateful that God's allowed us to stay in, in our lives. And, uh, my, my kids care about you. My wife cares about you, uh, which says a lot, you know, because there's <laughs> things, yeah. <you know. laughs> um, but for real, thank you for even stepping in with us on year one and saying this matters because yeah. I know you're, you're busy and, um, but for you to take the time to be a part of that means the world to us. So again, you guys can connect with him at carloswhitaker.com, uh Human Hope podcast, just yep. uh low swit on the socials and um man, much love for you. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Carry love you man. Each other.